0: If you would, go with me to Matthew chapter 9. We, we looked at this, the model prayer, if you will, last week as we uh, were looking at the idea of why pray. And we're going to finish that, uh, <clears throat> that thought this morning about why pray. So I just want to take you back to where we were. Certainly we're not uh, preaching through the model prayer necessarily, uh, but it is a, a good template for our prayer life. Um, and But if you want to put your finger in Philippians... Chapter 4, we'll, we'll turn over there. We're going to make most of our application this morning from, uh, from Philippians chapter 4. I just want to remind you of where we started last week. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In Philippians, if you would, chapter 4, we're just going to read a couple verses here, very well-known verses. Verses 6 and 7, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. I thank you for the, the privilege and, and the opportunity we have to gather together uh, today. And Lord, we pray that you'd meet with us. Father, certainly we need you to work in our lives. And I pray that each one of us would be conformed to the image of Christ. And Lord, you know the hearts and you know what areas need to be worked on today. And so we just uh, trust that you'll speak to folks as, you're, as you desire. And I pray that we would be sensitive and and yielding to what you have for us in our lives. And Father, bless now this hour. Bless each teacher as they teach the Word of God. Pray that you would just work in hearts. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. So as we continue this idea of commanded to pray, <clears throat> or our series commanded to pray, uh, last week we looked at the idea of why pray, and and we talked about the prayer of adoration. We pray to a Uh, Praise our God. Uh, Give Him the glory that's due His name. And and there's a prayer of confession. And there's a prayer of of thanksgiving. And we ought to be a thankful people. Um, If you feel like you don't have anything to thank God for, uh, you're breathing. Start there. Uh, And and there's so much more from there. Uh, We could not ever exhaust uh, what we could give thanks for. Uh, we just don't recognize it oftentimes. Anyway, let me not get off track here. Uh, but the most common reason for prayer is what? To ask. That—that um, That is certainly when we think of praying, that's the idea, uh, is to ask. And the basic definition of prayer is to ask. Uh, Webster's uh, Dictionary, the 1828, and in the third definition, it says this, to address the supreme being with I, I'm going to mess up this word, solemnity. I tried to pronounce it. I even had Google pronounce it for me, but I can't ever. Solemnity, but that's not how it's pronounced. But anyway, you understand what I'm saying. You come before him uh, solemnly in reverence with adoration, confession of sins, uh, and thanksgiving for blessing received. But it also says supplication for mercy. And so certainly prayer is a multifaceted aspect Uh, Or prayer is multifaceted, and supplication is one of those facets, I would say. Um, Excuse me. So as we finish this idea of why pray, we're going to focus on supplication today. Uh, And as I mentioned, we looked at adoration and and confession and thanksgiving. uh, But supplication is a a more earnest uh, prayer, and it involves a petition, a request. Um, When we think of prayer, we are most often thinking of asking God for something. And so how do we differentiate supplication from other forms of prayer or other facets of prayer? And hopefully I'm going to attempt to share that with you this morning. A little idea of what supplication is and and hopefully make a few applications as well as we draw the the lesson to a close. But making supplication, here's what Webster again says about supplication. entreaty, humble and earnest prayer... In worship, petition, earnest request. So what does earnest mean? When we say we ought to pray earnestly, uh, fervently, earnest has the idea of ardent or hot. And so these are earnest or fervent prayers, hot prayers. It's, it's more than just the Lord, will you bless this or do that? Uh, we're burdened about something, if you will. Uh, they're, they're, we're pursuing something. We want God to work We have a long desiring. Uh, We might say that we are zealous, passionate, or much engaged. And so these are deep desires for God to move or act. Greater than just the normal, I would say. Uh, We really, truly want God to move. Uh, Not the simple, bless these things, and and Lord, please bless this meal. Uh, I would say these are deep urgings for God to move in a more specific way. We have specific concerns, specific things we want to see God do. We often do not supplicate until we are brought low and understand that without Him we can do nothing. Uh, Oftentimes I don't think that we truly understand the idea of supplication. If you would turn with me to Psalm 142. Here we have a prayer of David. And I would say submit to you this morning, it's a supplication of David. Uh, In Psalm 42. And look what it says here. I will read the whole chapter. It's seven long verses. Um, Man, you guys didn't even chuckle at that. It's just seven short verses. Just a quick thing. But uh, goodness, you guys are half dead this morning. Like I said, you could be wasting your life at Sturgis, but you're here. Praise God. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privily laid a snare for me. Did I miss something there? Excuse me, back up to verse three. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privily laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. If you're familiar with this psalm, it's David, and I believe it's his prayer in the cave of, Adu- of Adullam. I saw some things, some folks maybe in Engedi, but I really think it's more appropriate for to be in Adullam when he's being pursued by Saul. And listen, he had nobody at this point. He was alone. And so when he says that he let his supplication be known, there was nobody that could help him but God. And so when we talk about this idea of supplication, we need to understand that oftentimes I don't think we fully understand the ability to supplicate until we are brought low. David says that he was brought low. They were pursuing to take his life. Listen, when a king does that, it's not just like a gang. A king has all of the resources that a nation can provide to pursue somebody. He's in a difficult situation. Uh, And so he's, where does he go? To his God. He was brought low. Oftentimes we need affliction in our lives to help us understand exactly who we are. Um, And I'll try not to get ahead of my notes here, but too often we rest in the arm of flesh. Many of us don't really understand John 15, 5. We say that we do. We have this head knowledge of it. And if you're familiar with that, I'll remind you what it says here. For without me, ye can do nothing. But oftentimes, we go about our life as if that's not the case. We go about in our own flesh and in our own perceived power, our own capabilities. And the reality is, without God, we, we can't do anything. We are confident in our ability, maybe our health or our financial situation maybe that support system that we have, our relationships, uh, those people that are around us, what happens when all that is taken away as in it was for David here? We approach God more earnestly, maybe more ardently, more fervently, knowing that unless he works on our behalf, there is none else to do so. David was in a position where he needed God to do something because there was nobody else around. There was no place of refuge but his God. And we need to be careful because I think we oftentimes rest in the flesh. We get up and we go to work. Listen, we get up and we minister. We serve in church oftentimes in the flesh because we think we have some ability of our own. And and praise God, he gives us talents. In things, But we certainly cannot do it without Him. So sometimes maybe perhaps God brings those afflictions in our life just to remind us that we do need Him. That's right. To remind us that we can't do it without Him. You can do nothing without Him. We must understand it in reality, whether we have all of our support system, maybe we're financially established and well off, life is good, you need Christ, you need God just as much in those moments as when you have nothing. Just because life is going well for you, materially or outwardly or physically, your health is good, does not mean that you don't need God. Arguably, you need Him more than ever. And you should look to him. Uh, The third stanza of the song, Stand Up for Jesus. I'm going to read to you. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you. Ye dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor, watching unto prayer. Where duty calls or danger be never wanting there. Listen, we need to understand that our flesh will fail us. Our friends will fail us. But God will never fail. And we need to get serious about this matter of prayer and asking God to strengthen us. And when we have our needs, listen, we need God. (laughs) But nonetheless, we often must be brought low, brought to the point where we can no longer trust in self for the physical things we often lean on for us to pray earnestly or in supplication. Did you know God knows you better than you? And sometimes we get angry at God. God, why are you doing this? Or why are you doing that? That wasn't necessary. Listen, He's just working in your life to draw closer to you. He's not doing anything because He's a big mean ogre. And I'm not saying that irreverently. Our God is a God of love and He cares for us and He does those things always that are for our good. And so when He brings affliction in your life, don't question it. Yeah, we ought to be glorying in it yeah. and be thanking God for that. For and it will draw us near to Him. Nobody wants challenges in their life, but challenges us make, make, challenge affliction makes us better. Ask the athlete. Those folks that are, that are striving to do better at whatever their their sport is. What do they do? They pour on the training a little harder. They try to cut their time a little bit more. They push themselves a little bit harder. Listen, we need to be thankful for a God that would push us to the point that would draw us closer to Him and conform us more into the image of His Son. That's a sign that He loves us. And I want to remind you about this idea of supplication. And we we need to understand some basic things. Uh, about supplication. We need to understand that God is. God hears. God cares and God answers. What a blessing to know we have a God that hears, cares and understands and answers. Others cannot say that. I won't get off track on that. I will, will remind you last week we looked at Hebrews 11.6. But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Oftentimes we don't really fully understand who God is until we realize he's all that there is. Where do I turn but to the Lord? Because I'm in a position where there's nothing, no one that can do anything for me but God. Certainly we must have faith to come before him. We must believe that He is. Our willingness to pray is an indication of our faith. Your willingness to humble yourself. Uh, We demonstrate that we believe God is based on our willingness to humble ourselves and approach Him in prayer. And so what a blessing that we have a God that is approachable. But more than we can just find comfort in knowing that He is, I mean, that's just a blessing in and of itself to know that God is and He exists and He's there and He's the creator. Uh, But this morning I want to remind you that He is listening to you this morning. Not only is there a God, but there's a God that listens. And He wants to hear from us. So Philippians chapter 4, I'm going to highlight a part of this verse here. Listen to me this morning. God wants to hear your requests. He wants to hear from you. And, And the Apostle Paul encourages the believers at Philippi here Uh, to let your requests be made known unto God. So let's read verses 4 through 6. It says this, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, look what it says here, let your requests be made known unto God. Through the inspiration of the Scriptures, God is telling us He wants to hear from you. And I know that's a very simple thought this morning, but I believe we need to be reminded of that because sometimes we get this idea that God's there, we're here, who cares? He cares. He wants to hear your petitions. He wants to hear your requests. He's waiting for you to get low and fall down and understand that you have nowhere to turn but to Him. We have a God that listens and He wants to hear. And I'll read the the rest of this just for the sake of because it's good, it's the Bible. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Hey, you can go crazy yes. worrying about everything. Oh. Literally crazy. Here's the solution. Amen. Yeah, amen. Listen, our, our world, the people are going crazy, and I'm being, I'm being serious. Mental illness is at a staggering high these days. We have a God that we can take anything to. And He can give us peace that we won't even comprehend or understand entirely. He'll keep your heart. He'll keep your mind. Boy, that's just comforting in of itself because there have been times where I've been like, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't have the answers. It drove me crazy. I'm losing sleep. God, what's going on? But then I learned that if I would just... Approach the throne of grace. Boy, that peace. If you haven't experienced that, you haven't prayed enough. 1 Peter 3.12, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and His ears are open unto their prayers. Listen, we have a God that desires to hear from us. He wants to hear your needs. He wants you to supplicate before His throne. He wants you to come before him with those things that you think are insignificant or small. He cares about those things. He he certainly does. And we're not going to take the time to look at all those verses this morning, but he cares about the sparrows. He knows the hairs on your head. Why why would God care about the number of hairs on your head? But that's just to indicate to you that he knows everything about you and he cares. Our God wants to hear from us. He cares. Hebrews chapter 4. We got our double negative here. Hebrews 4, 14 and 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. What a blessing it is to know that our God is touched with the feelings of our infirmities, our weaknesses, our failures. Uh, That double negative conveys the idea of the opposite meaning. He does care. We do have the high priest that cares. Uh, Jesus is very concerned about what's going on in your life. Did you know he understands what you're facing? Yes. He understands your hurts. He understands your cares, your anxieties. And the Word of God tells us he is touched. It affects him. And he's listening and he's waiting for you to call out to him and say, Lord, I, what do I do here? This hurts. And he's waiting just to, through the Holy Spirit, just to put his... Arm on your shoulder as you kneel to pray and say, I'm here. I understand. Now listen, I'm not telling you he's going to take all those away. But he can give you peace through that. His grace will be sufficient. It will help in your time of need. I can't explain all of it. I don't know how God's going to meet your needs and answer your prayers. But listen, if you're not going before him supplicating and asking God to work on your behalf, you're missing out. Listen, this life's miserable. And that, I'm telling you, is not the life Christ ever intended for his people to have. He wants us to have an abundant life full of joy. But if we aren't fellowshipping with our Father and getting before him, expressing our needs and supplicating at his throne, we're going to be miserable, we're going to be full of care, we're going to be anxious about everything, and life's going to be terrible. But there is a solution to all of that if we would just humble ourselves. Listen, God, I'm low. You don't have to be chased down by King Saul and hiding in a cave to understand that you are nothing. Listen, we just need to wrap our minds around that right now, that we're nothing. And but for the grace of God, the clothes on our back we wouldn't even have. But we're such a blessed people. We think that we're rich and increased in goods and we have need of nothing. But the reality is we need God more than ever before today. I think we can make a good argument in that in these latter days. That the more that we think we're better off, the worse we are. And the more that we need to get alone with our God and say, we need to get to that point where we adore Him and we praise Him in prayer and we confess those things that aren't right with our life. We give Him thanks for those things. But then we can come to this point where we can supplicate before His throne and say, God, now that all those things are dealt with, I've confessed those things. There's nothing between you and me. Lord, I have some needs. I need you to work here. And then it's, we call on him in faith. Because he is. And we have to come to him in faith. Now, that's not because we come with him and we supplicate for our, the, the desires of our flesh. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. You have not because you ask amiss, right? We understand that. We've looked at that a few times over the last couple of weeks. We need, just need to come and say, God, I want your will to be done. I don't know how you're going to meet this need, but it's there. And he might reveal to you, well, guess what? A new truck is not a need. A new house is not a need. That request that you're saying you think is a need is not a need. Listen, it's about being conformed to him and and, and developing a relationship with him and getting to know him better. But sometimes we get, I watched, oh my goodness, I don't even know how this got on our TV the other day. I I came into the room and this prosperity gospel wackadoodle, I don't even know who the guy's name is. But he was talking about all this gobbledygook about, oh, there's these, I know there's three people. And it was like, I don't know who they are. I don't know what it is, but I know in three days, God, that guy's a kook. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about no kidding, getting to know our God. The God that can meet needs beyond our imagination, beyond anything that we can think and He's able, but He doesn't always do it in the way that we want Him to because we're not in line with Him. We need to be humble. We need to pray in humility. Humble yourselves therefore before the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. Look at what it says, casting all your care upon Him for He careth for you. Listen, it's not about just getting what you want. It's about humbling yourself and saying, God, whatever the answer that you have, I'll be content with that. I want a new house. Here's a shack. Having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. Listen, I'm being dead serious. We're we're not talking about trying to get rich because we think we're approaching God and and He's just going to do all these miracle things and we're going to look good and... Did you know people died for the faith? God allowed people to be martyred, slaughtered. And we have the audacity to think that just because we are going to be faithful to church and and have this outward perception of walking with God, that everything's going to be sunshine and butterflies, and we're going to be wealthy and happy and get all the things that we want. That's not God's will for everybody. Now, certainly that may be God's will for you. By the looks of it, most of us probably aren't on the wealthier category of the income brackets. But we're no less rich. Listen, you need to humble yourself before an almighty God. He can do the exalting in his time. He can do whatever we perceive, think. Listen, he wants to answer our prayers, but it's not always in the way that we think it will be. And we ought to glory in the fact that we can be conformed more to be like Christ through our prayer. Listen, he's more than just ready to hear. He is ready to answer. Call unto me and I will answer thee. Look what it says, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Those things that we want done may not be the things that God wants to do. He's going to do those things that we don't know. Ephesians 3.20 Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask look at this, or even think or think according to the power that worketh in us. Listen, our God is doing a work that we may not know of. Sometimes we think we have an idea of how God's going to operate and how God's going to work and boy we can do some research and investigate well boy if, man there's a building right over here across town. I think that'd be perfect for our church. Apparently that's not what God has for us because we're not there. Are we content with that? Listen, I, I, we need to pray for a facility. We need one. Every time I turn around, the Sunday school teachers are bumping into themselves in their classrooms because they're so crowded. So, but we need to trust God in the process. We need His will in the matter. And that's just one example of many. Listen, I don't know what God's doing in your life. I don't know what you think God ought to be doing in your life. But the reality is you just need to submit yourself and humble yourself to him and say, God, here's what I need, and be content with whatever he provides. And don't compare it against whatever else God gave somebody else. That's how God's working in their life. And, and maybe it's not all what you think it is. Right. The grass isn't greener on the other side. Yep. Now, sometimes it is. We have a, a rancher down the road from us on Radar Hill. He's got Longhorn. I don't know if you guys, Longview and Radar Hill, there's a, there's a guy that he has Longhorn, and they're beautiful. Better looking than the Black Angus, I think, with them big old horns and all the spots. And Well, he crossed, they, he moved his cattle over to, the west side of Radar Hill because the grass was greener for his cattle. That has nothing to do with the lesson. But What's that? He's in, a wheelchair. He's in a wheelchair. Well, the guy that was moving the cattle wasn't in a wheelchair, so he must have some ranch hands. What am I trying to tell you this morning? Be content with how God's working in your life. Stop looking at how God's blessing or what you perceive as blessings in other people's lives and start being more concerned about your walk with God And what God's doing in your life, listen, we all have a different race to run. It will have similarities, but the course is not exactly the same. God wants your fellowship just as much as he wants Pastor Brooks' fellowship. There's not a greater Christian in here today. Just because of a position doesn't make somebody's Christian walk any better than anyone else. God loves you the same. God wants to walk with you. And He wants you to experience Him in the way that He wants for your relationship. And it will be different than anybody else's. We need to get a hold of the matter that God loves each one of us individually. He wants to work in our hearts as individuals. It's yes, God, praise God, he works corporately in us and and we will go on for the cause of Christ as a church family. But the reality is God can walk with you individually just as much as he can me and anyone else in this room. And that's what he wants because when we are all focused on him, then we have one mind and we can press on forward for the cause of Christ. Is that not our theme for the year, striving together? We cannot all strive together until we all have the same focus. Our walk with God needs to be right. In this matter of prayer needs to be where it ought to be. There's uh, We're going to run out of time. There's so many examples of supplication. Uh, did you know real widows are known for their supplications night and day? Uh, 1 Timothy 5.5 Now she that is a widow indeed and desolate trusteth in God and continueth in supplications and prayers night and day. It goes back to that idea of David, right? Being brought low when he had nobody else to care for him. So he turns to God. Can you imagine a widow? Someone that had a husband that that was the head of the home and provided for years, maybe, perhaps. And she was dependent on that, and now her husband is dead. Where does she turn? To God. God, I need you to sustain me. I need you to take care of me. Now, listen, I understand. God uses people to do that. And the churches, we are obligated, commanded to take care of widows. But do you understand what I'm saying? The widows oftentimes are turning to God because their husband is no longer there. And so they've been brought to this place in life where their supplication becomes more real, perhaps. Now, hopefully I'll never be a widower, but I think even for a man, it's a little bit different than it is for a woman. Where you get to a point where, man, this, my husband's provided all these things all these years and now here I am. What do I do? Praise God, we have a God we can go to. Listen, sometimes we need the hard times in our life to bring us to a place of supplication, is, is what I'm saying. Zacharias prayed in supplication. Uh, he prayed for a child. Luke 1.13 says this, But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for, the prayer, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wise Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. His wife was barren. No doubt they had been trying for children. What can we do? I don't know if anybody's ever been in that situation. What a difficult thing. We had friends. uh, He's a pastor in Ohio now. They could not have children. They tried and tried and tried, and they they were just so broken over this. And I've never seen a man that could pray quite like Whitney Owens is his name. When it came to praying for a, a child... You could just tell his heart was broken because there was nothing him and his wife could do. God had closed the womb. All they could do was turn to God. Uh, Are you understanding what I'm saying? Sometimes we need to be brought to a place where we understand that only God can move on our behalf. And at that point, do we begin to supplicate and say, God, I don't see any other way. I don't understand how this is going to happen, but I need you. Listen, God answered his prayer. Zacharias, and by the way, he answered Whitney and Tara Owens' prayer. They have three boys now. Uh, Baby Thatcher is their miracle baby, they say. She was missing some weird protein, took a pill, boom. Now they had babies. Uh, But listen, God led them to all of that. I have no doubt in my mind. Uh, What a blessing to know. We understand the medical things. God just did it without us knowing it in the Bible. Anyway, Let's move on. We got we got to close this thing out. I got a soapbox here. First Timothy two one through four. I therefore that all, first of all supplications prayers intercession and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of the Lord of God our Savior. Look at what it says here. Who will have all men to be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth? we are exhorted and I dare say commanded to pray for those in authority. Did you know elections are coming up? Let's quit bellyaching and whining about our political system and start praying for those folks to get saved. Sometimes I get so weary of listening to the people of God whine and cry about our nation, but they're not supplicating on their face before God that God would save those elected officials that we have. Perhaps it's because America hasn't got bad enough and we don't realize how much we need it. We say that we do, but I believe there may be some persecution coming that would cause us to supplicate before God to work in the lives of those. Uh, Listen, I know there's people that pray for our, our things, but listen, we are exhorted and commanded to supplicate for people. So why pray? We pray to praise God, confess our sins, to give Him thanks for everything, to supplicate before His throne, and to find grace to help. We ought to be in the act of prayer always. Now it may be adoration at times, maybe a prayer of confession or giving of thanks or supplications. But pray without ceasing. We're going to be in some form of prayer at all times. We ought to be a praying people. And as we close, I want to leave you with this thought. You say you don't know what to pray. I'm here to encourage you. You don't have to have any eloquent, fancy words. Look at what Romans 8.26 says. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself make His intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Listen, it's not about your fancy prayer or your eloquent words or having the right things to say. It's about pouring ourselves out in humility and trusting that He knows best. Just get humble before God and And listen, as you get in the Spirit, we didn't take the time to look about praying in the Spirit, but listen, there's something about getting in line and in communion with God through the Holy Spirit in prayer that what a blessing. Lord, help us to be a people of prayer.